Welcome to the Social Survival Guide, your guide for the universe. Is that <laughs> accurate enough? That's ambitious. <laughs> ambitious, yeah. Your guide for whatever you choose. There we go. That's, <laughs> that's vague enough to be accurate. My name is Kieran, as always, joined by Chloe. Hello. 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 Now, this episode, we're here to talk to you. You know how it works. We chat for a little bit. We go over uh, a vague but slightly specific topic about autistic or ADHD or otherwise neurodivergent issues. And we just kind of talk about our personal experience and how we've kind of learned to deal with it and provide at least some minor level of advice or support for your own personal lives or some level of applicability. No, I can't say. <laughs> applicability. That's the one. Yeah, yeah. Provide some level of applicability for your own issues. So without further ado, this episode, we're going to be talking about change. <laughs> Now, that's not the stuff you carry around in your pocket in 1995 because there's an arcade or one of those gumball machines that takes 20p and you stick it in, turn it around, and you get, oh, God, yeah. get one of those out. Not one of those we're talking about. We're talking about the bad kind of change. Bad change. Bad the type change. of change that nobody wants. <laughs> Existential change. So change can come in all sorts of sizes, big, small, medium it's kind of it. Extra large. <laughs> Extra large. <laughs> Grande. <laughs> Pequeño. <laughs> Pico change. <laughs> Pico change. But yeah, uh, what we're going to try and just talk through is why change can be such a big issue for our brains and not necessarily how to not get messed around by change because that's kind of one of the inevitable things of our brains but it's more just to how to recognize you know that is what's happening and how to talk about it which is kind of more or less what we've kind of morphed into mm -hmm. by this stage so let's just uh, start out by uh, I've, I've categorized my notes into small changes and big changes so i've left out medium changes because <laughs> i can't necessarily think of an example no Something in between the two. <laughs> yeah. Small changes I've noted down as, for example, working on a different day to normal or a parcel not arriving <laughs> or maybe you've had plans with friends which have had to change last minute, that sort of thing. That's what I'm quantifying as small changes. Yeah. So I think for me, the main thing which kind of messes me around on those is that in those situations, you've got a plan in your head as to what is going to happen so if you're going out with friends then you take a certain amount of time beforehand to like mentally prepare yourself mm. for it and you get ready and you're like okay i'm going to let's say i'm going bowling i'm preparing that there's going to be like noise and everything i'm just going to get myself in the right mood for that but then if they're like oh we're going to go here instead you go I am thoroughly unprepared for that. <laughs> I do not know where it is. Don't know necessarily where I'm going for it. It's an entirely new atmosphere. It does kind of ruin it a bit, doesn't it? Yeah, it can make it a little bit more 
stressful and kind of negative, like leading up to it, you start thinking, oh, I don't want to go. And yeah. That well. old classic. <laughs> you almost get a bit annoyed about it as well. But Yeah, because I, I think as far as like my brain is concerned about it, when it goes, you know, this is the plan, then that is the plan. Those, that's what we've agreed to beforehand. So everyone should do it. Yeah. Right, so it's the same sort of thing. Like if you've agreed like a couple of weeks in advance to do stuff with people and then comes a bit nearer in time and you're like, is everyone still okay to do this as a courtesy just to remind them? And then they're like, oh, sorry, I've got other plans. <laughs> yeah. But these were the plans. We yeah. agreed to them. It's like... These were the other plans you should have Yeah. It's like the about. rules thing that we've yeah, mentioned. Like we like following rules and we like sticking to things. And when people don't do stuff properly, it's a bit annoying. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I mean, with the rules thing, it's when we understand what the rules are for and why they are the way they are. And especially if we've agreed to them. Yeah. Then anyone else going against that is unacceptable and weird. Yeah. But obviously, you know, if there are rules put in place that we don't agree with or don't see the point of then we'll just ignore them because they're yeah. stupid no one's explained them <laughs> um but also like depending on the change it can mess up your daily weekly routine yeah that sort of thing which depending on how you can organize your life that can really mess things around a bit like if you're going into work on a different day or a different time for example or maybe like a plumber's having to come in and that kind of messes up your routine. I don't know. I don't know why I picked plumber. <laughs> well, we all know how I feel about working different days because we've we talked about that before. <laughs> so if I have to work a different day of the week and I forget, and then I remember a few days beforehand, it tends to irritate me because I think my week was laid out and now it's... Not what I expected, yeah. and that day was supposed to be free. And <laughs> Yeah, because if you plan like your full week or you've got it blocked out of, okay, Tuesday is this, Wednesday is this. Like If something changes earlier on in the week, then you're like, okay, there's a knock-on effect, which means this changes, which means this changes, which means this changes, which means you've got an entirely different week yeah. to the one you initially thought you had, which is not great fun. No. <laughs> uh, well, then sometimes, like sometimes with change even like small ones sometimes you do get more notice so sometimes it's not just last minute hey we need you to do this or i can't make it today or we're going here instead sometimes you do get a couple of weeks or like notice but the thing about that is i tend to forget yeah if i don't note it down i'm quite prone to (laughs) to forgetting or misremembering the exact day and thinking that it's happening on a different day. For example, I thought I was meant to be at work this week today and I'd said I was meant to be in today. I'm not actually in work today. I'm in work two weeks from today on a Tuesday. But for some reason, my mind just went, no, that is the Tuesday that we're at work. So (laughs) you remember you're in on a Tuesday at some point, which basically means next Tuesday. Yeah, that's pretty much what I did. Yeah. But as you say, like, I got notice about sort of having to come in on this extra Tuesday. So I've known about three weeks, four weeks in advance that I'm working this extra Tuesday. And yet the fact that I have to do a Tuesday at some point in the future is still making me go, oh, 
don't want to do it in a day. <laughs> like it's two weeks away, but I'm still thinking, oh, God, why did I agree to this? <laughs> yeah. Of course, that, that is one option, the forgetting about it. The other option is, like, if you if it's like three or four weeks away, you'll spend the entire time thinking about it. Yeah. So you just get that extended level of anxiety. At least for short-term notice, it's basically just done. Yeah. You start to, well, I do anyway, pick holes in things and think about every possible little thing that could go wrong or every possible little detail about it. And it makes it into a much bigger thing than it actually usually ends up being. Yeah, you've got a lot more time to overthink it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I prefer shorter notice for that reason because 90% of the time I'm not doing anything that would prevent a short notice change. All it does is helps me not overthink it because <laughs> you get into that sort of immediate almost stress adrenaline mode where we're actually quite good and we're like right let's just crack on i've got this <laughs> yeah. i guess it depends on what the exact change is because if it's a change which is outside of any anyone's control then we don't tend to mind that as much because it's not like anyone's fault or yeah. anyone's decision if it's you've planned to go out with friends or Let's yeah. Let, let, all right. Let's say the plan is you go out with friends for a, a little bit, and then someone messages like half an hour before you're about to leave, saying, "Oh, sorry, I can't make it," or like I've got other plans, and then a load of other people do the same. Then that really throws things because you spent the entire day prepping your brain for it, and then suddenly it's not happening. And usually. You might not do much else beforehand. Oh, because no, it's we've got a, a waiting mode. Yeah, it's like, that is the one thing I'm doing today. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have room for anything else. So then if it's cancelled and you've spent most of your morning kind of just waiting, think, oh, well, that's just caused me to waste my time then, hasn't it? <laughs> yeah, well, it's basically the same thing. as like if you're waiting around for a parcel to be delivered. Yeah. And then it's not delivered. Yeah, yeah, that's very annoying. Oh, yeah. <laughs> If it's meant to be delivered on a certain day and then like yeah, every driver just thinks, you know what, I can't be bothered. Yeah. I'm just going to pull up outside and then leave. And you're like, why? <laughs> you fill me with rage. I was so excited for my parcel. I was looking for you. <laughs> yeah, I've, I was like, I've been waiting by the window for five hours now, yeah. watching the tracking come in. <laughs> You've let me down. <laughs> You've betrayed me. Yeah. You've not followed the rules know, as was agreed. Yes. I hate it. <laughs> it's one of those things like, you, like if it's not meant to be delivered on a specific day, then we don't really think about it until it arrives. Yeah, you kind of almost forget that it's coming, yeah. don't you, sometimes? But if there's tracking on it and you can see its passage and it says, it should be delivered between four and five today, then you go, okay, this is what you've told me. Yeah. This is like the contract. If it doesn't turn up or if whoever's delivering it just thinks, nah. Then it's just that broken, yeah, like contract. It's an annoying, which one. is uh, yeah. It, well, it's just another example of us <laughs> assuming people are going to do what they say and mean what they say. Yeah, and then we get thrown off when that's not the case. Yeah, which comes a lot in like communication, but also us like instability, I suppose. Yeah, and I think that ties in a bit more to the big changes that. When you like a routine and you like stability, having a big change is yeah, something really. we don't like. But I did just think about possibly an idea for a medium change, oh, if yeah. you want one. <laughs> um, going on holiday, 
Yeah. Because it's not a massive long-term change, but it is a sizable short-term change. Yeah. And because you leave in a familiar environment, you go in somewhere new, there's a lot of stress involved with travelling. Like, usually it can cause some difficulties. Yeah. But it's not forever. It's just, it feels bigger than a small change, but it's not as long-term as a big change. Yeah. So I feel like a medium change might be that. (laughs) Yeah, I'd say that's a good example of a medium change. Yeah, moving up to bigger changes. The thing with big changes is you do tend to have more notice on them. Yeah. So if it's like, you know, moving house or changing jobs or I was going to say a fire, but that's not really <laughs> long notice, is it? <laughs> no, you don't usually no, get really. notice of no. fire. Um, <laughs> but yeah, big changes you tend to have more notice on, so you can have more time to get preps. And also like big changes, they don't tend to change at short notice. Yeah. Do they? Yeah. Because I suppose if you're usually when these changes are happening, like some sort of notice is actually required. Like mm. if it's work related or housing related, like you need to be given or you need to give X amount of notice. Yeah, it doesn't, doesn't usually just happen. No. I mean, it can, but not okay. usually. <laughs> As with small changes, but with a bigger notice, you do kind of start to overthink things mm-hmm. and you're like, oh, am I doing the right thing or not? But I think at that point, that's fairly reasonable because you are making big changes. It's kind of natural for you to question it or just to make sure that you are doing the right thing. And there does come a lot of stress into that. Yeah. Which is fine. That's it's perfectly fine. It's when we have that exact feeling. You know, you've picked some food to eat and it's on its way and you're like, did I pick the right thing? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I've stuck between this and that. What if I would prefer that one? Yeah. <laughs> when, you, when you've got the same level of stress for like moving house as you do for ordering a certain burger, that's where our brains make it fun. Yeah. But it's it's coming back once again to that mountain molehill equivalency where, well, sometimes I think that I would deal with like a very big short-term change or like short notice change better than I would small changes. Yeah, I feel like that as well. Like I, I get the feeling that, you know, if our house burnt down and we were left with absolutely nothing. I think I'd be okay with that. Yeah. I feel like I'd just, well, let's crack on then. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> That's the, kind of be my... <laughs> I mean, yeah, as long as we didn't like lose any lives. Yeah. I think broadly speaking, we'd be all right. Yeah. It would be a lot, but yeah, we'd kind of just keep going. Yeah, maybe it's like a relativity thing that the way we deal with small and big changes is kind of the same Mm. but proportionally we maybe overreact to small changes and underreact to big ones and that's why we think maybe we deal with big changes quite well (laughs) i i I do think you could kind of reverse engineer that a bit and just go typical people would probably not know how to react to their house burning down yeah but they would know how to react to uh falling over (laughs) God, yeah. You know, in case, it's a bit embarrassing, but otherwise they're fine to move on. Whereas, yeah, we probably don't know how to react to our house burning down, but we also don't know how to react to falling over. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So our our <laughs> scale of not being able to react is basically a flat line. Yeah, pretty much. 
which probably just makes it look like we're really good at dealing with big situations, but it's just we can't process them in the same yeah. way that we can't process anything else. Yeah, I fell over at Christmas in front of somebody, if you remember, and I still I still think about it. <laughs> I think another issue with big changes for for us is, like I said earlier, we like our routine. We like what we're used to. And so when it comes to something like if you were going to move house or if you're going to change job, like you do think, is it right for me? Because you're kind of leaving what you're settled in. Mm. Sometimes you can actually be kind of put off doing these things. Like even if, say, you were going to change your job for something better for you, you might be sort of actively discouraged from doing that because you're anxious about the change yeah and you think i don't know if it's right i don't know if it's going to work i don't like the idea of leaving my safe my safety i'm just not going to do it i'm just going to keep going with what i'm doing stay in familiarity you know yeah it's 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 one of those things where we do kind of rely on our safe places yeah but it is very easy to misappropriate a place of familiarity with a place of safety yeah. So if you're in a job that you don't really like, but you know it, you're still going to be disinclined to leave that job for something better just because it's different. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> like if you're used to something and you're settled, you know what you're doing and you think I'm going to leave, possibly leave this for something different, something more difficult, something more challenging, something more full on. You just think, I don't know if I can cope with that. Yeah. I, I'm safe here, so I'm going to stay here. I don't want to overdo it or push myself too hard or freak out. <laughs> yeah. So so if we can, uh, weirdly enough, take this into a slightly more serious conversation. So serious faces on. <laughs> Sorry, wrong one. That can be why it's very easy for like neurodivergent people to get stuck in very difficult like home lives or relationships mm. simply because they don't want to leave them because whilst they're not necessarily safe places or happy places they're familiar and the stress of or the anxiety of being in a different situation is enough to make them stay in a place which is potentially unsafe yeah it's the fear of what things are going to be like in the unknown outside of that familiar zone, isn't it? And yeah. You don't want to risk it sometimes. You just think, it's better if I stay here because I know what this is. <laughs> yeah. But even in those situations, because yeah, if it is a home life, none of us really like to consider the idea that the people around us are not good people. Yeah. Because if you start to consider that, then it says, then it goes, okay, what does that say about me that I've stayed around them this long? Like if they're close to you, then you kind of think, well, what do I do with this information? Yeah. Do I cut off this person or what? <laughs> yeah, in those situations, you kind of really need to just bear in mind that the only person you bear responsibility on is yourself. So if it makes your life better, then you kind of got to do what you got to do. And certain, you know, family or relationship dynamics will 
try and frame that as being selfish. You doing what you need to do to be happy and healthy is being selfish because in that binary sense, they're like, okay, you care about yourself, therefore you don't care about us. Yeah. And they kind of try and paint that as that you can either do one or you can do the other. But in a healthy dynamic, you can quite easily do both. Yeah. But if caring about those people around you comes at the cost of caring about yourself, then that's not a good deal because in those situations, the people kind of foisting that upon you, they're caring about themselves, but not you. <laughs> yeah. And then forcing you to care about them and not you. So they get all the care and you get none of it. Yeah. So is it any, like, is it any surprise that we tend to have really terrible mental health? Yeah. <laughs> no, not really. I know what because, you mean. Because, like, we kind of force ourselves and others basically force us to care about everyone else by saying, like, don't worry about your own problems. Worry about these people. It could be a lot worse. These people have had oh, so yeah. much worse than you. Basically, it's just a way to invalidate your <laughs> feelings or, like, what you're going through just because they're not going through it. And once again, we're the ones with empathy problems. <laughs> Yeah, that old classic of, it could be worse, where you're like, oh, I'm experiencing this thing, and they're like, oh, my God, well, I've just blah, 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 and I've got this, and you're like, cool. <laughs> yeah, cool, I'm just trying to share what I'm going through. Let's talk I'm about not all looking for a competition then. here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> maybe if you shared what you were going through without turning it into a competition, then maybe we could open <laughs> some sort of communication here. <laughs> but apparently not. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to kind of remember how that happened, <laughs> how we got onto this. Well, it was about anxiety of change being greater than... Oh, yeah. Like, like the, the, the damage of being in an unsafe environment. Yeah. yeah, well, I mean, I could personally kind of talk about it from a like a work angle at the moment. But, you know, like I'm very familiar with the job I'm in at the minute. I've been in it for a while. I'm quite comfortable. I know what I'm doing, but it's not very challenging for me. No. It's not very sort of engaging for me because I feel like I've learned most of how to do it now. So I'm not really learning anymore. I'm not really pushing. I, I don't really have any progression. And so I'm looking for something that that might challenge me more. But looking at other things and thinking about a change in hours, a change in transport, like the distance Everything, the change in people that I'm working with just makes me think, is it worth it? I know this place and I know this is easy. So if I just stay where it's familiar and stay where it's easy, then nothing can possibly go wrong. And the only way that it can go wrong is if I, if I decide to move. <laughs> there are times with everything that you think, I can't do this anymore, but... I think it is just kind of the lack of challenge sometimes that makes me think I want to look for something that pushes me more, that's a bit more active, that I have to actually kind of think about <laughs> and kind of work harder at. But also kind of, I like purpose. I want something that's purposeful. But as I say, there's all this stuff that you probably listen and thinking, well, why don't you go for this job then? Because you haven't said anything so far that would make you think it's a bad idea and then my brain's like but it's further away but there's new people there's you have to do more hours what if we can't cope with it let's just stay where we're safe and comfy 
happen easy. Uh, again, I think we talked about it when we did food. Like sometimes when we can push things out, like our comfort zone, we kind of move it an extra centimeter and we can try something new or do something different and we like it. We look back and we go, why the hell <laughs> did you not do this before? Yeah. It was so easy. Oh, don't. I've done it many times. Yeah, because it's like if you don't do it, then you keep yourself in a situation that's maybe not ideal. But if you do do it, you punish yourself for not doing it sooner. Yeah. Like, like <laughs> a couple of weeks ago, I was cleaning the kitchen, right? And I was just staring at like a couple of stains on the wall. And I, like I've been convinced for ages that those are going to be like really difficult to remove. But I just got a cloth and just wiped them and they were gone. And I was like, what? Yeah, I did that when, when I cleaned the shower curtain the other day. And I was looking at it like I have no idea how to clean this because I can't take it down and put it in the washing machine. And then I read a thing online and it took me about 10 minutes yeah. to make a cleaning solution at home that completely did the job. And I was like, oh, I could have done this yeah, months and, ago. And <laughs> is that kind of, I don't think it's quite confirmation bias, but there is a, a phenomenon where if you know the answer to like a problem, then like, Anyone who doesn't know the answer just looks stupid to you. Right? Yeah. So there was an experiment done a, a, some time ago. I probably couldn't give you the exact details, but it, uh, it was children who were tried to do a, like, a, a problem. And if they couldn't do it, they got told the solution. And then they can go, oh, yeah, I get that. And then they got took into like the back room where they could watch some like a new child do it. Mm. And for the most part, you know, if they were struggling with it, then the child who had just gone and also struggled with it, but now knew the solution was like, eh, they're stupid. They can't figure it out. Yeah. But it's, it's that, but with our own brain. So we look back and go, wow, how are you so stupid? that <laughs> <laughs> It took you this long just to clean that spot, which oh, no. would have taken like less than a second to do. You've been staring at it for weeks. You haven't even tried. Yeah. <laughs> But like, if those things work out for us, like you know, changing jobs, for example, is like a big change. Then we look back and go, "Why didn't I do this ages ago?" I've just been stuck in my own little rut, and convinced myself oh, that this no. is my safe zone. Despite, I'm already doing it, and I haven't even changed jobs yet. I've just I had a I had a conversation a week ago with somebody that knocked a bit of sense into me and made me sort of think actually, you know, I should try and find something better for myself and I should challenge myself and since then I've just been going why why where what have I been doing for the past couple of years like where's this been why have I just been flouncing around wasting time yeah, it, <laughs> I haven't even changed anything yet <laughs> yeah it, it, it's like uh it's just gonna be a very weird analogy but it's like um if you were stuck in like a world war one trench for years and you're like, no, I can't. I can't stick my head out. I'm gonna get shot. But then, like one day, you're like, okay, fine, just a little peek. And it turns out the wall's been over for decades, and there's a theme park there <laughs> with like a pizza buffet. And you go, why? How? Why have I been sat here in the yeah. mud and the wet for years now? And there's like, there's a theme park over there. Yeah. But I, for for us, it's like. It's a number of things. There's the anxiety of the change. There's, you know, our old friend executive dysfunction, which kind of makes actually doing 
things difficult. Don't I know? <laughs> and, you know, depending on the situation, if there are other people involved and they tell you that, you know, you can't do this or you shouldn't do this, then we tend to believe people. Because, you know, we like to believe that people mean what they say. Yeah. So, like, you mush all of that together and that's kind of why we kind of, like, stay in our little ruts, even if they're not comfortable, because we know them. Yeah, and, I mean, for me, I suppose part of it might be, like, like a, a, well, it's definitely a lack of self-belief, but I think that can come from other people as well. Mm-hmm. Like, as you grow, if you are neurodivergent and you're a bit unusual or a bit different, to other people like maybe you're used to feeling unsuccessful or feeling like rejected or feeling a little bit just not involved for some reason and that could discourage you from having the confidence that like a change will be okay (laughs) well i think that's fairly justified considering how many of us will have gotten like bullied at school (laughs) yeah and as soon as we try and like be ourselves it doesn't work anytime we try and fit in it doesn't work yeah, so you kind of doubt your own yeah. abilities and you think, well, I don't want to risk it because I'll probably fail, you know. Yeah. So, fun! <laughs> I'm thinking that with the the job I recently interviewed for, that, like, I was quite scared of the change that was involved with taking that job on. Like, the different hours, the fact that it was night shifts, the fact that it was, like, a new team, a new place totally different like field of work than I've done for quite a lot of years I think I was just I was worried that I was going to fail I was worried I wasn't going to like it and all these things that were going to change I was scared of and I think that like I unconsciously held myself back because of that it it probably does bleed into interviews that you know because one of the things they're looking for is like enthusiasm and like passion And if we're all up in our heads with anxieties about it, you can't show passion through anxiety. No, exactly. And that was it. I was, there were so many things about it that we know that I was thinking about beforehand and I was questioning about the job. So many unfamiliar things that I think I almost, my brain almost just didn't want it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Because it was too scared. We do tend to like self-sabotage a lot. Yeah. And the thing is like now, now it's, now I'm here and it's a couple of weeks since I had the interview and I didn't get it. I now realise that I could have quite easily probably got this position if I'd interviewed better. Mm. And now I am kicking myself for it because <laughs> now I'm looking for similar jobs elsewhere but nothing is anywhere near as close or convenient <laughs> now I'm just like why didn't you do better yeah. you could have and it was just because it was such a big change that it was kind of too much for my brain it didn't want to do it it couldn't deal with it let's see how to deal with change because we need to provide some level of <laughs> I don't know uh, is the short answer Talk about worries, I suppose, often helps. Like if you can share what you're anxious about, like about a certain change with people that are close to you that you can trust, maybe see if you can have a conversation with them that makes you feel less anxious. I often find that helps. Once again, the answer and the answer to everything ever is it depends. Well, yeah, it does. Yeah, it depends on what the nature of the change is, you know like the practical you know aspects to it the practical stuff we can manage that's fine yeah basically the stuff you can't change you can't change it so trying to 
you know, convince yourself that you can is a pathway to madness. Yeah. The stuff you can control or have any influence in, then that's your best option for trying to deal with the change. Yeah. So, like, if you're starting a new job, you can't necessarily change who you'll have to meet or talk to or what it's going to smell like there, how bright the lights are going to be, what how, what the noise level is going to be. But you can control what you have for lunch. You can control what you wear. Yeah. So having some level of control over yourself is kind of the only way to be able to deal with what's going on. Yeah. You can bring some familiarity with you. Yeah, which is, you know, just to tie it back a little bit, which is one of the one of the many, many issues if you're in kind of like difficult like home or relationship circumstances where you don't necessarily have control over yourself and also you don't have control over anything else that's going on. So your total control is zero. Mm-hmm. And for a brain that relies on control and stability, if you yourself are not in control and are not stable, then that's that's a bad situation. And at that point, anything is better. Any new option that can provide any level of stability is better than the zero you currently have. And with that, <laughs> I think that's probably <laughs> a solid place to end it. Now, I hear you asking, why, why this episode on change? Well... Why indeed? We thought it'd be thematically appropriate because at at this juncture in the next couple of weeks, we'll be changing our name, not our personal names. We'll still be Kieran and Chloe, (laughs) but uh, the podcast, we're going to change the name of it and we're going to, we're going to shift you around some of the aspects of the podcast. Uh, Yeah. So it will be a bit different from these past 22 or so episodes. Is that how many we've done? Yeah. Oh my god! Oh, so this will all be explained <laughs> next Sunday. As you're listening to this, we'll release a new trailer for the the revamp show, and we'll basically just explain what the show is, what we're going to be talking about, that sort of stuff. It's all going to be pretty much the same sort of vibe. It's just going to be us two again. We're going to be talking about the same sorts of things so it's all going to be you know autistic and adhd or otherwise neurodivergent issues and things so the content itself won't change it will simply evolve into a more (laughs) intricate and complex and relevant shape yeah very fancy Hmm. (laughs) so yeah look forward to that next sunday the full announcement will go up in place of a full episode so in the meantime you can still follow us on Instagram at Social Survival Podcast. That will also change. But once again, keep an eye on that. So it's quite difficult to <laughs> go, what do, we, what do we share? I mean, the email is not going to change. So that you can email <laughs> us at socialsurvivalguide at gmail.com. But I think this is technically the last episode of the Social Survival Guide, isn't it? Yeah, I As suppose it, stands. it is. Yeah. So it's a good thing we talked about change so much. Oh, yeah. Hopefully mm. it's prepared everybody to deal with this big change. <laughs> this big this big important change in your lives <laughs> when a podcast you occasionally listen to. Yeah. <laughs> changes the words in front of it. Yeah, that's basically it. Yeah. That's, that's, that's basically what's happening. We're just gonna get some new interesting content. <laughs> shoveled. It's a good change. Yeah, it's a good change. So do not worry about it in the slightest. But until then, 
I've been Kieran, she's been Chloe, and go have a drink. I'm gonna actually I'm gonna have one now. So lead Probably by lead idea. by example. I wonder if you can hear you gulping on the recording. Better hope so, that's why I'm being loud. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Hydration. <laughs> well, I would say see you next week, but not technically true. No, but. see you. This version of us will never see you again. <laughs> wow. The new okay. version of us will see you in two weeks. <laughs> that will be something next week. Don't worry about it. Bye. 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 Bye.